2004, Eli Manning enters as a New York Giants starting quarterback. He wouldn't let go of that position for 15 years, delivering the New York Giants two Super Bowl championships. But now that time's over, and it's time for the era of Daniel Jones, starting in Tampa Bay, where Eli Manning gained his first playoff victory. The era of Danny Dimes begins now, and it won't end for another 15 years. Daniel Jones, New York Giants, let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Welcome to the Talking Giants, previewing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Week 3 game, the start of the Daniel Jones era. We got a lot to get to. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you from Florida. I'm going to be here in Florida for the game, not at the game. Here with my co-host, Danny King, from New York. Danny, after all this Eli stuff has settled Daniel Jones is there. We're starting to move on to Tampa, get on the football. The memories were great, but it's time we got a football game to win. How, how are you feeling, Danny? I'm feeling good because mainly the way Eli's handled it like a true pro, I mean, he made me feel better. I mean, the press conference, I thought I was going to be shedding a tear. I didn't. It made me feel great. And, yeah, I mean, I'm on the Tampa Bay now, excited for the start of a new era in Giants football. But I'm pumped, ready for a Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, and – before we get back to that, what do you think about Gettleman and Mara not speaking? I mean, maybe it was the right move in a way, because when, when they benched Eli Manning for Geno Smith, that was just a complete botch fest. That should never have happened. The way it was just handled with Ben McAdoo was poor. Uh, it was Pat Shermer, I believe, addressed all the questions. Uh, maybe Dave Gettleman should have spoke. I don't really see the need for John Mara to speak. But Pat Shermer, I mean, he he handled the media well. I mean, he answered all the questions they had for him. So I'm fine with them not speaking. Well, when it first happened, I would have liked them to speak. I'm fine with at least Mara not speaking. Maybe I would have liked to hear Gettleman talk. But, I mean, this decision was probably mainly done by Pat Shermer. He just had to go to higher-ups for approval. Yeah, for me, I could really care uh, either way. Because... Press conferences, like, I'm never going to leave a press conference unless they say something absolutely dumb and be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I expect my GM to lie, <laughs> you know, when people, like, they lied to us about landing calls and they lied to us. Like, I mean, I kind of expect that. So there's nothing they're going to say that is going to, like, make me happy. But there is things they're going to say they are going to make a, a lot of people mad. Um, like, and you know what? This was a time to remember Eli, to get excited for Daniel Jones. And you know what? There was a, there's a, a section of fans, and I get it, 
that we're going to be mad no matter what, no matter what they said. And like, why do that in this time? So I, I can understand where people are like, oh, it's accountability. But for me, it's just really not like a big deal at all. Like I, like that kind of, that kind of stuff means nothing to me. I, I don't, I don't know about other people. And I'm not saying like, it's wrong to like want them to come out and talk and have accountability. But for me, like that, that stuff just kind of means nothing. Sherman came out, made the decision. They're not going to say anything different. Um, people want like, like uh, some people are like, well, we want to hear answers about this, this and that. And it's like, well, you kind of heard answers about that. The only thing that did that was that's new is the Eli benching. And what is Mara and Gettleman going to say that Shermer didn't, or what question are they going to get that Shermer didn't already answer? So uh, I'm not bothered by it, but it, it is what it is. If you think about it, they Mara most likely would have said something that would set the fans off. I mean, when he gave his first press conference, I don't remember when, when he said, I hope Daniel never sees the field this year. People got annoyed at that. I mean, as you said, it's, people are going to get annoyed mainly at John Mara because everyone hates John Mara. He's not his father. Everyone loves his father. I mean, I, I mean, I was, half of us weren't even around when his father was running the Giants. So, I mean, yeah, John, anything John Mara says, no one will like. I mean, people want to hear Steve Tisch. I think they, they view him as the good owner. But, yeah, Gellman, I mean, who cares? It was Pat Sherman's decision. He wanted to hire us for approval. He should be the one to answer for everything, and he did a good job. And just, yeah, I mean, we heard from Daniel. We heard from Eli. Everyone's on the same page. They're all focused on Tampa, so we should all be focused on Tampa. We shouldn't care what John Mayer has to say. He just runs the team. Yeah, pers- like, like I personally, like I enjoyed remembering Eli. We had a couple days to like remember some of the moments and stuff like that, get excited for Daniel Jones. We heard all those guys talk. Eli saying, like, I'm not dying. For me, it's like, man, kind of feels like you are, to be completely honest. Uh, and then Daniel Jones said all the right things. He praised Eli. But it is what it is, and and like I didn't I didn't want to have to deal with people getting mad at John Mayer no matter what he said. Um, but it, it it it's whatever. So on to Tampa, we got a game coming. We're going going down to Tampa, coming down to my territory. This is a big game. The Daniel Jones era begins here. This is this is his first start, and he's going against Todd Ball. Bowles, who you know, I thought was a better uh, coach, head coach than most people thought with the Jets. He was a really good defensive coordinator for the Cardinals. He obviously he's hooked up there with Bruce Arians. Uh, so let's let's start about the talk about the offense first. Uh, I, I maybe I'm I'm being too hopeful, but I, I do believe Daniel Jones can play really well and will pr- play really well from you know what we saw in college to preseason to just what he's like what his mental makeup. I think he will play well. If anything, I think this like for the Giants to win, I, I do think points will have to be put up. I don't see this being like a knockdown drag out game. One, because of our defense and and two, I, I think Daniel Jones can can do some things, can change up what defenses are, are doing. And and I think that's where Daniel Jones improves upon from Eli. Like, and it's not a knock on Eli, but having that read option, that helps. Being able to get outside the pocket, that makes defenses more honest in their zone coverages. Uh, they can't all just drop back. And then, uh, most importantly, we've seen Daniel Jones in college and in preseason stand in the pocket, go through his progressions, and make the right throws, check down when he needs to, take chances when he needs to. And I, I don't expect to see – obviously, I don't expect him to be 80% and, and, like, as perfect as he was in the preseason. But I, I do expect to see similar stuff. I mean, defenses against us so far were running what we saw in preseason. They weren't really running anything different. Um so that's why when people are like, oh, it's it's, def- it's cover two, it's cover three, it's cover four, it's these basic defenses. Well, those are the kind of basic defenses that have been 
uh, you know, giving the Giants offenses problem, the Giants offense problems. So I'm not, I'm not expecting Daniel Jones to go out there and struggle. If he does, it is what it is. Um, I know there'll be people, you know, calling for his head and whatnot, but uh, if he struggles, he struggles. If he plays really well, I'm going to get excited. Uh, but I, I do expl- expect him to play well, have m- maybe some mistakes here and there. I think Todd Bowles will try and bait him. But I, I believe Daniel Jones can come out and have a really good debut. I think Tampa's a good test where Todd Bowles is going to throw some stuff at him. But they also don't have, like, the most talent in the world on defense to where Daniel Jones, uh, even when they are throwing confusing looks, uh, there will be guys on our offense who can win those matchups. And that having Saquon on this offensive line is going to be huge for Danny. I mean, <clears throat> sorry, I mean, I'm also a fan here. This game is just huge in general because if you go 0-3, that, that's pretty much the season right there. Then at that point, because you're going 0-3, the chances – I'm not saying the Giants are going to make the playoffs, but I'm a fan. I can, I can only hope, all right? So you got to win this game to at least get that winning feeling back, and I believe Daniel Jones will inject something into this offense because if you look at it, the offense just didn't have it. The team just didn't have, like, that juice you need to play football. And now I believe Daniel Jones in there, they'll get that. Saquon seems giddy about it. Evan Ingram seems giddy about it. And just the main thing is, uh, also, Daniel Jones gets a huge part back in Sterling Shepard. He was missed last week. Uh, Walter Sears did do a good job in his absence. I mean, Sterling Shepard, you want Sterling Shepard out there. You gave him a good deal. You just want to go out there and dominate. And he's someone that Daniel Jones will definitely feel confident on. But, yeah, I expect the Giants to... Uh, Daniel Jones to rely on Saquon, but let's make it clear: Daniel Jones has the arm to get this football downfield. But now, with him being in the game, the main question also here: Dallas game, he lost that fumble. He lost two fumbles in the preseason. So, th- how much has he improved on that? Because he knows it's a problem. He gets annoyed every time it happens. While most quarterbacks do, Daniel Jones has to get calmed down about it every time because he's just mad at himself. So, I want to see how he handles the ball security. But I'm with you. This is a good test. I mean, this the the Bucks. While they're not an amazing team, their defense is a no slouch defense. And I mean, it's a rookie quarterback. They could easily take advantage of that. And people say Daniel Jones has only looked at vanilla defenses. Well, he's gonna get a look at some real defenses this week. And uh, I mean, it's just gonna be. I'm just so interested to see how he handles it all, and just to see how the Giants playbook opens up a little bit more. Because as you said, RPOs are an option. Read, read options can now become a thing. So. It's just, yeah, and it's just a good test. And I mean, hey, in two weeks' time, Daniel Jones will get golden tape back. I'm not looking that far ahead, but there's reinforcements on the horizon, and it starts this Sunday with the return of Sterling Shepard. Yeah, so the Giants, the, the Bucks have been really good about against shutting down the run. McCaffrey has 16 carries for 37 yards. Um, the 49ers group of running backs had 30 carries for 96 yards, so less than four yards per carry, which is really good. They're going to stack the box. That's what they do. Um, especially against a guy like Saquon and a young QB and Daniel Jones. They're going to stack the box. The thing is, we can't get away from away from the run. Um, and I think Saquon will have more success than those guys. We have a better offensive line than both Carolina and San Francisco. Uh, so we, I do believe we'll be better in the run game. Um, and when we can st- continue to you know, run the ball, run Saquon, that allows Daniel Jones to get these one-on-one matchups on the outside. That forces them to stack the box, which Tampa already likes to do. So I think the Giants really have to stick to the run. And it'll definitely help Daniel Jones in his debut uh, have a lot easier transition instead of just trying to air it out. And and that allows Todd Bowles, who runs you know a similar defense to what James Betcher does or what James Betcher was supposed to do, uh, <laughs> it allows him to run these disguising coverages and, 
and have guys dropping out and come and you know D linemen dropping out and safeties coming in to do all this kind of stuff that they want to do when you air it out. But if you continue to run Saquon, it, it makes teams have to play a lot more honest. And that first drive of the Bills game, it was a very run-heavy first drive. And I expect that to be the same this week. I mean, Daniel Jones, he's going to be slinging some passes downfield, but you can't stray away from what you got best in Saquon Barkley. Use him to Daniel Jones' benefit. Pound the rock. That will open up play action for Daniel Jones. It will just open up so much. Keep giving Saquon the ball, and things will open up for Daniel Jones. And, yeah, this this is just a great test in general. Because the Bucs, they're, they're a feisty group, so... This is probably the best situation to go into. It's on the road. It's a hostile environment. I think it's a good defense. This is just a, a dream opportunity right here for Daniel Jones just to go on the road and beat the Bucks and get come home with a victory and just go out there and let's destroy the Redskins. But first, let's go out there and destroy the Bucks. I'm not sure why I'm talking about next week. <laughs> um, I, I think this game is going to get chippy. One, and Dominic King Sue is on, on the other side. Our O-line realizes we got our guy. We got to protect him. So I think Zeitler and, and Hernandez are going to be really chippy with them. Here's something I noticed that the Bucks defense likes to do. When it's third and manageable, they are going to blitz the crap out of us. Now, maybe they completely throw that away, but against Carolina and San Francisco, whenever it's third and manageable, they blitz the crap out of them. I mean, okay, so like in, in the Carolina game, there was, uh, there was, there was 13, third and, there's 13 third down plays. Three were a four-man rush, three were a five-man rush, six were a six-man rush, and one was a seven-man rush. So uh, 10 out of 13 plays was a blitz. Um, and then the, the three the three four-man rushes, two of those were like third and 15, and then another one was third and seven. So they're gonna, they are going to come and blitz on third down. But I feel like that plays right into Daniel Jones' strengths when it's third and three. To run that RPO read, you know, uh, run pass option, because when you stack the box and you blitz like that, that allows guys to run inside routes. And with Sterling Shepard and T.J. Jones, I, they're going to have one-on-one matchups. They don't have any world beaters at corners. They got Hargraves, uh, who hasn't really uh, lived up to his draft spot. Carlton Davis, who's nothing special, um, and then they'll put that one safety in the middle of the field. So there'll be chances for in-breaking routes, but I expect also. For and I understand that we might not have the personnel for this. That when they do that, us to run um, a max, you know, a max protect, either you know, keeping two tight ends or or Saquon, and then and and max protect and running our guys deep, and then we have a there's a guaranteed one on one. The safety's got to pick a guy. So whether that's whether you throw Cody Core out there for that or whoever uh, with Sterling Shepard opposite, there'll be chances for some deep passes and you know with Daniel Jones' accuracy. If those guys can get some separation, that can allow for some really big plays. Yeah, the Bucks got to make Daniel Jones feel uncomfortable. And to that uh, chippy point, uh, yeah, I definitely expect at least one Bucks player to give Daniel Jones that welcome to the NFL type hit. And so, yeah, I mean, look at also another big loss for the Bucks. It looks like right now that Devin White, he may not be a good to go. He didn't participate in practice yesterday. We'll get a better idea today <clears throat> for his status for Sunday, most likely. And He's listed as doubtful. I'm I'm, expe- oh, I'm, doubtful. I'm completely expecting him to not be there. All right. I saw it did not participate. Thank you for that. But, yeah, Devin White, that, that's a loss for the Bucks defense right there. Uh, he's just a rookie, and I, I was a huge fan of Devin White. If you listen to the show for a while, you know that I, I wanted him really badly. 
But no, yeah, uh, Daniel Jones, I, TJ Jones, he, I expect him to also have a big game. And even Cody Core. I mean, the guy was pretty good last week. I expected to go out there with Daniel Jones. So, yeah, I mean, the Bucks defense, they're, they're going to make Daniel Jones try and feel uncomfortable, but I believe our offensive line can handle this and give Daniel Jones enough time in the pocket to find those throws. And also, I mean, for the first time in 16 years, the Giants have a quarterback that can make some plays on his feet. Nothing amazing. He's not Lamar Jackson. Hey, don't, for, don't forget that Eli Manning running touchdown against the Bucks a couple years ago. Well, yeah, so like a 20-yard run. I nearly fainted on that play because I. Ne- that's when I knew our season was desperate when Eli Manning sprinted in for a touchdown. But no, I mean we're finally going to have a quarterback that can get some stuff done on his feet and open up some more possibilities. So the Bucks defense, I mean, before they're having to prepare for an immobile quarterback, now they got to prepare for a guy that can move. It, it, the playbook just opens up so much with Daniel Jones, and it just allows for so many new opportunities to come out of it. But yeah, TJ Jones needs to have a good game. Sterling Shepard, I'm expecting a big game from Cody Core. Let's go out there and do it. Most likely no Cody Latimer due to the concussion. So, I mean, I- I'm really excited for just this week because it's just a new era, and it's got that new feel with it. So I'm just pumped. Yeah, I think Cody Latimer will be missed greatly because he's that big body. He's that guy that we've went to deep so far this season. He will be missed. Because when you have Sterling Shepard and Cody Latimer out there and they run that, you know, that third down blitz, I mean, Cody Latimer has been that guy to go deep for, for Eli and Daniel Jones. So I think he's going to be missed. I don't know if they want to throw Cody Core out there to try and fill that role in those plays or they just stick with TJ Jones because, you know, Benny Fowler is probably going to be out. Uh, I expect Russell Shepard to get some, you know, some uh, some run. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a big game. You mentioned Devin White being out. Uh Tight ends have been really successful against the Bucs. It's only been two games, and they, you know, they played against two really good ones in Greg Olson and George Kittle. But Greg Olson had six catches for 110 yards. Uh, George Kittle had eight for 54, but he also had two touchdowns called back. Um, and then one, and one wasn't like a oh, like you know, it was a holding penalty that gave the QB more time. It was just a legal formation. So uh, tight ends have had success, and with Devin White being out. Uh, their linebackers are more run stuffers with Levante David uh, and Carl Nassib. Uh, the, the guy who replaced Devin White is – oh, Kevin Minter. Kevin Minter is pretty good. He's kind of a crafty veteran. But, like, speed-wise, they're not going to be able to stick with Evan Ingram. Uh, I think I think we're actually going to have a similar game plan than for the way we had against Dallas, except for on third, on third down being expecting the blitz. But on first and second down, I expect us to have a similar game plan to – Game plan to have Ingram open. Let him, you know, running some back ride flat routes and, and stuff like that. So I really think Evan Ingram is going to be a big part of the game plan, which makes it easy. Like when, when you have that guy in the center of the defense making plays, it opens things up for everybody else on the outside. Yeah, I mean, Devin White, he's definitely going to be missed. Uh, as you said, Evan Ingram, he's a, you. every team's got prepared for him. Even though every once in a while Evan Ingram doesn't have good games, He's just a guy that can mess with your team because he's just so fast. He's a nightmare matchup for linebackers. I mean, I just looked at it. Him and Devin White ran the same 40 time at the combine. Now, obviously, that could change for everyone. could have gone faster. Devin White could have gone slower. I'd, who knows? But Devin White could have easily made, kept up with Evan Ingram, in my opinion, and it would have maybe limited him a little bit in that aspect. But also, I expect to see, I mean, two tight ends. The John Jai, I feel like, going to use that even more this week now than... Just because they, they got to give Daniel Jones that protection. Ryan Ellison will be out there to allow for some run blocking. And, and, I mean, Evan Ingram's gotten better at run blocking as well. Let's credit him to that. He's improved on that, and uh, that that's something we have to mention for Evan Ingram. So, 
Yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram, he, he's also got a big game because those Bucks are struggling against tight ends, and Devin White will be missed out there. And so, yeah, I'm just Evan Ingram. He also needs to have a big game. And also, don't don't drop a pass, Evan Ingram. That's directly to you. I, that that's one play he missed in the Bills game, but that still stands out at me because I had a great view of it. Don't do that ever again, Evan Ingram. Yeah, and this man having an offensive line is so nice. It really is because when you look at this this Bucks lineup and past years, it's like in Donald Sassoon, Vita Vea, who's improved, um, Shaq Barrett. Who had three sacks against Carolina, but a couple of those were cover sacks. One was a really good one, um, where I think he would even, be, you know, he would have beat Nate Solder. Um, but having this offensive line makes things a lot more comfortable going into a game. Where in past years you were just so worried about our offensive line. So uh, I do expect him to win this battle. Sue is not what he used to be, especially regular season wise. Uh, Vita Vea is still young, uh, and you know him being at the nose is hard for him to make a whole lot of plays. But they're going to blitz. They are going to blitz. They're going to they're going to make Daniel Jones prove himself, and I expect him to do that. I expect Daniel Jones to go out there and just light up the Bucks defense. That that's what I'm expecting. Is that the fan in me? Yes, but I, I, I Daniel Jones showed everyone in the preseason that he could do it, and now oh, but it was vanilla defenses. Who cares? He still he had. Duke was a terrible football team. Some of the competition he played in the NFL was better than some of the competition he played against at Duke. So. We got a good test of him. He learned a lot about him in the preseason. But, yeah, Todd Bowles, he's going to blitz him like crazy. But, as you said, that off the line should be able to do the job, hold him in. Kevin Zeidler's shoulder, while it doesn't seem like it's an issue, I mean, he did. It It looked like it hurt him last week, especially on that one play. So, that's something we're going to have to monitor. Hopefully, that doesn't become anything serious. But this, de- this defense off of the line should do his job, hold him in, and give Daniel Jones all the time in the world and should keep him upright for the majority of the game. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then we'll move on to the defense. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor. Dot FM to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, year five. Jameis Winston is not good, but he can do some really good things. So I'll start off here. Something I've noticed. Tampa wants to establish the run this year. They ran the ball more times than they threw it against Carolina. They did it against San Francisco, but they, they really early tried to establish the run. Um, and I think Peyton Barber is going to be their lead back. I know they drafted Ronald Jones in the second round last year, but Peyton Barber is better than Ronald Jones. They're going to try and establish the run. The thing is, is they got some really good wide receivers, and we've got a secondary that has looked completely horrible. And I'd be to be completely honest, I'm worried about DeAndre Baker on the outside with Chris Godwin. I'm not so worried about Janoris Jenkins against Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to make plays, but I don't see him like embarrassing Janoris Jenkins. Um, OJ Howard has been uh, disappointing for them this year. He's kind of boomer bust. He's never like he really hasn't like developed into the guy that they thought he'd be. Uh, in fact, Evan Ingram has been the better tight end from that draft class. So they're going to try and establish the run. Jameis is they're going to try and you know let him dink and dunk, but they're going to take chances. And I, I actually see them doing something very – I see them playing very similar to the way Dallas did. 
I think they're going to try and get us to attack, to try and like to focus on stopping the run. And then they're going to run these three verticals where they run Evans, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and OJ Howard up the seams and hope one of our guys makes a misstep or whatnot and find somebody open or, or take a shot. Like Jameis is more than willing to take a shot when, when a guy's, you know, blanketed, especially when you got a guy like Mike Evans and, this game is really big for these defenders or these DBs. They have to take a step up. I want James Betcher to blitz, to play man coverage because, and I think Jameis Winston is somewhat similar to Josh Allen. Josh Allen's more mobile, but they play similar. Jameis Winston has, has issues with accuracy. James Betcher, I get that maybe sometimes this, this like people have said, uh, including Bruce Arians, that this defense takes a few games for young guys to learn. But you know what doesn't take time to learn? playing press coverage and man coverage and blitzing. So it's James Betcher, man. Let your let your playbook come out and play, man, because we're playing against a QB who is very prone to making mistakes. So and and you know, we highlighted in the Buffalo game. Even though we may not have perfect coverage, if we force a guy to have to think more than just looking at a cover 2 or or some basic defense, admit that's how plays happen. So the defense James Betcher has to come out and be himself. Go out there and play a little reckless. Play a little free. Stop worrying about getting beat all the time, beating big, because we're getting beat big already with your conservative playbook. So Betcher has to come out and be aggressive. Although he is going against the coaching staff that knows him better than anybody in Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. I mean, you know exactly who Bruce Arians wants Jameis Winston to target this game. They got DeAndre Baker right in their crosshairs, and I believe they're going to bully DeAndre Baker. I mean, it's good experience for DeAndre Baker to get out there and learn, but I mean, the the second half of that game, he was much better. The first half, he did not look like he knew he was playing football. So I expect DeAndre Baker to be the target of the Buccaneers. But another thing I've looked at on their offense, they they had a lot of penalties on that offensive side of the ball. A lot of false starts every once in a while. So the the Bucks they they need to calm that down a little bit, but uh, yeah, but back to that. Uh Giants need to press up. They just once again, we're saying again, James Betcher, can you be the James Betcher we hired you to be? Show everyone that you're not a fluke of a defensive coordinator. I mean, he just has to look like himself. How many of you maybe he's afraid to go out there of all the young guys he has on defense, but throw it out there. Let them learn this defense because I mean, hey, maybe the Giants believe he's the guy and they'll keep him around for another year because let's be real, James Betcher ain't getting no head coach uh, interviews this year of how he's played so far. So go out there and make yourself a head coach, a candidate, but just get, get some stops. Like the second half, that third quarter, how come that can't be all four quarters? How come we can't get stops in every single quarter? We got one stop in the first quarter that every other drive the Bills felt like they had. They got touchdown after touchdown or field goal after field goal, but it was all touchdowns mainly because they had 28 points. So just be the James Betcher you're hired to be. Throw some blitzes at Jameis Winston. Confuse him because these blitzes could really mess with Jameis Winston. He's not a good quarterback. He's decent. He can make some plays here and there. But he's not someone that should like scare you from doing all this. Make him uncomfortable in the pocket. Make him make stupid decisions because Jame- Jame- Jameis Winston will make stupid decisions. I mean, he look, He doesn't look – he hasn't looked amazing. But, I mean, he's, he was better last week if you look at him. He's 16 for 25, 208 yards compared to his week one where he had three interceptions. So – I mean, just be James Betcher, please. Yeah, Jameis Winston looked decent against Carolina. Nothing great. Uh, against San Fran, he was absolutely horrible. But San Fran had good pass rushers. San Fran was able to get to the QB with four guys. And the Giants just aren't going to do that. And, that, and Tampa's O-line isn't great. But we're just 
we're just not a team that's going to get there with four guys right now. Um, but like you said, James Benjamin, just go out there, play some man covers, play tight man covers, not like this loosey goosey stuff. Um, and James Winston likes to hold on to the ball. Like he's not going to, he doesn't, he does not want to check down. So James Winston is going to hold on to that ball as long as he can looking for plays. So if we play this off coverage, it's going to get beat. So that's why we, I just feel like we got to blitz more. Obviously, I, I know it's like you can't just, because a lot of people are just like, blitz, blitz, blitz. You can't blitz every play. I get that. But just at least blitz more often, man, because it's we haven't done it at all, really, in these first couple games. Go out there, blitz, run some man coverage, uh, throw some confusing looks on third down, and we can have a much more successful game. I'm not expecting this Giants defense to be good against Tampa, but I can expect them. I, I'm hoping to expect them to be a lot better than they were against Buffalo and definitely more so than Dallas. I mean, I, I, when we're at that game, this guy's like, this defense is going to be so good. I'm like, I mean, this is our defense here. But, I mean, the defense showed me that they can get stops, that they can be a good defense in that first quarter. Obviously, we kind of went away in that fourth quarter, but they could do it. Uh, I saw my own eyes. So, yeah, I mean, when they did blitz Josh Allen, it, it messed him up. and it, That man coverage, it works. So, I mean... This defense has the potential. They they do. Let's be honest here. If these young guys develop into what they can be, and are we get a pass rush going, then we can. I was thinking of this on the ride home from the game. I mean, our, our pass rush right now, like for years, our off the line was neglected. And I mean, through at least two games, it's given me like that the pass rush could be the next issue for whoever everybody long. I know they addressed it. They got guys on the defensive line, but I mean... They just feel like they're not going to get anything going. I mean, Dexter Lawrence hasn't much been of anything. B.J. Hill hasn't been much of anything. Dalvin Thompson hasn't been much of anything. At least Marcus Golden went out there and showed that he could do it. So I got faith in Marcus Golden. So, I mean, hopefully this is the game they could come alive and get it out there because the Bucks' offensive line is nothing crazy. That should blow us away. But, I mean, yeah, four guys is not going to get to the quarterback. You need five guys, maybe even six every once in a while. So, I mean, the, this game, it, it all relies on the pass rush. As Janoris Jack had said, we can't keep these guys – allow James Woods to have like eight, 10 seconds to get out there and throw the football. It feels like, so just Ex- get, especially get. with the team with a lot better wide receivers than Buffalo. Did. Oh, Buffalo yeah. did not have good wide receivers. John Brown's an okay guy, but he's not good. He's not, he's not, he's, he's average. Um, he's average to above average. Uh, as far as the run game, they like to pound the middle. Peyton Barber, when he bounces outside, isn't very successful. That's where Dexter Lawrence has to be big in this game. Um, Pushing that, pushing that O line back. This is this will be out of the three, you know, out of the three games. Uh, this will be the least of the offensive lines we've played. Buffalo's wasn't great, but it's all right. Dallas's was obviously really good. So Dexter Lawrence has to go in there and make plays, and BJ Hill, BJ Hill has to go and make plays, contain the outside, push that tackle down. And like you said, you mentioned Marcus Golden. He can have a really big game because he struggled. He is really good against guys who aren't like technically sound. Um, the the uh, the Bucks offensive lineman uh, Demar Dotson. He's a really big guy, but he's not really technically sound. Donovan Smith is is decent, but I don't think he's going to be. I think Lorenzo Carter is going to pull that matchup, so he can really like get under Demar Dotson. Uh, you know, take take advantage of his bad technique and make some plays. Uh, but also, Arizona knows Marcus Gold. Or sorry, I'm calling Tampa Arizona because they have the whole same coaching staff. Uh, Tampa knows uh, Marcus Golden better than anybody, so I do expect him to have something ready for that. I don't see. I don't expect him to try and have a running back blocking them. But with as far as like that, that front seven is going to be huge on Demarcus Lawrence, make big plays. Um, and Ryan Conley, 
Uh, I don't think, like, he is very aggressive. In this game, he doesn't need to be super aggressive because they don't have, like, those speed backs. Um, and I think, you know, they're going to try and run play action. They're going to try and get, you know, O.J. Howard going across the middle. They're wide receivers. So Ryan Connolly and Ogletree, if he's playing, they have to be ready to get back in coverage and not, like, focus all in on running, uh, stopping the run. They're going to try and run the ball. They're going to get carries. But we're getting burned by the pass. We're getting burned by the pass, and they have to be ready for that. Stop. I, I understand you have to step up in the play action, but don't like step up five steps and then just leave guys wide open. They have to be ready to pop back out. Yeah, the Bucks are definitely going to pound the rock and then establish a pass, play, pass, play action. And, I mean, the, the Bills did that. I mean, on one play in particular, DeAndre Baker, he bit from, like, a mile out, and he was running in there. And then by the time you realized that it was the pass, it was too late. I forgot who it was, but someone was wide open right over the middle, and Allen hit it. Yeah, the pass is our enemy. Uh, we made Dak Prescott look like uh, Tom Brady of old, and we made uh, Josh Allen just completely make us look stupid. So uh, don't make Jameis Winston look good because that will just be really sad because Jameis Winston is not that good of a quarterback. He could get it done. But it's just not that good, so let's keep, let's make Jameis Winston look like Jameis Winston. But, yeah, the pass is going to be our enemy for most likely the whole year unless DeAndre Baker settles down or the pass rush can get there and just make everyone go for a loop. But, yeah, Marcus Golden, I will mention our Giants factor, but he's not mine. But uh, he, he would be up there in my Giants factor if I did have to choose him because we need him to be that pass rush guy. And, I mean, since he, we don't have one, he needs to be the light in the darkness. Light in the darkness. Yeah, Jameis will make mistakes, and when he's pressured, he'll be inaccurate. That's why I think we just need the blitz. I know I keep on pounding that that uh, that point home, but if we blitz, even if we're not having the best coverage in the world, then that, you know he throws inaccurate, and that allows for breakups, interceptions, and play aggressive. If we're going to get beat, let's get beat playing aggressive. DeAndre Baker, try and jump around. Janoris Jenkins, try and jump around. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Um, we'll see if Grant Haley plays. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Ballantyne and Love, who haven't really had any defensive snaps at all. Um, I'd like to see Tay Davis out there. Tay Davis had a good game against Tampa last year. Um, I understand Ogletree makes all this money, but I just I don't want to see Ogletree out there. He doesn't do much for me, although he did have a good game against Tampa last year. Uh, so, yeah, just try like do your best to you know confuse things, blitz Jameis, and force him to make mistakes, force him to be super accurate against man coverage, which I don't expect him to do. And that's how this defense can make plays. Um, and then try and and I'll get into it more in the fact uh, that my giant factor against the deep ball, but don't let Chris Godwin just burn us all game. He's been like he's really he's pretty dang good. He you know he had eight catches for 120 yards and a tutter against Carolina. Uh, he had three for 53 and a touchdown against San Fran. Like Chris Godwin is really good. He's a really underrated wide receiver. And Mike Evans is a, you know, top five to eight wide receiver in the NFL. And, and he's a big body and, and Jameis likes to go to him. Um, and then OJ Howard, like, don't let this be like his breakout game in the season because teams have held him down, try and do what those teams have done. And like I said, continue to make plays. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not asking this defense to hold him to 10, 13 points. If they hold him to 21-24, I believe the Giants can and will win this game. And another thing, in that Buffalo game, especially it was in the fourth quarter, uh, they need to – I'm sorry for the cough there. Uh, they had two plays that should have been a pick. I think one was a penalty on the defense, so that wouldn't matter. But if, if Jameis wins it and he will throw bad passes, 
please pick them off and let this offense go to work. We if if they picked off that ball at least the second pass, the first one was a penalty. If they picked off that second pass, maybe we'd be talking something different right now. Maybe Eli Manning wouldn't be benched and Daniel Jones would be on the bench and Eli Manning would be sorry. We don't know, but if da- if J- James Winston gives an opportunity for a pick, don't drop him. I think Antoine Buffet maybe had a drop pick. I think it was him, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. Just if James Winston makes, he's got to make those bad throws and then just catch him and get the pick and get the offense back out there on the field. Yeah, not a single turnover this season. I, I, they, have we forced a fumble and re- I, recovered it? I don't think so. Yeah, we definitely haven't done anything. Yeah, no fumbles, no nothing. This defense is zero new. turnovers. Get one, get us one turnover. My bold prediction that was Buffalo. That Josh Allen was going to give us a duck over the middle, and we didn't. It didn't happen. If you're scared of this defense, then you're something's wrong for your game plan. Hey, we're due. We're due for a turnover. We can't go three games without a turnover. It's statistically impossible. I'm making that up. I'm making. I'm about to say, don't don't put that past the Giants. I'm making this stat up, but it's statistically impossible to go three games in a row without a turnover. Someone look that up for me. Don't put that past the Giants because knowing them, they could that they could easily not do anything. So, I mean, <laughs> the Giants are their team with some miraculous things. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, I'm I'm, not, I'm afraid, I hate to say it, but I mean, I'm I'm getting some strange like someone's gonna hit a sixty yard field goal on us again this year. I'm sorry, I had to say it because it's happened two years in a row. Just the heartbreak I feel on that. Maybe it's this game, but no, the Bucks kicker sucks. I I hate that I said that because it could. I was gonna out. say a little special teams preview. The Tampa can never figure out their field goal. Uh, kicker situation. They draft guys. They just drafted another guy. He'd miss one against Carolina. The Bucks miss field goals. So uh, look out for one of those. And Aldrich Rosas, how about not missing your field goal this week? How about don't do that? I just dropped you in fantasy football. So Whoa. Make, make, make me look Whoa. dumb. Make me look dumb this week. I had to get rid of Robbie Gold, former Giants. Make, so make me look dumb, uh, Aldrich Rosas. I mean, uh, I'm not nervous about Aldrich Rosas. He was the best kicker in the league last year. So I'm not nervous about him yet. But I mean, it was annoying that he missed that. I thought he made it in the game because my angle, I was like, the goalpost was in front of me. So I'm like, oh, he made it. And then I see every fan's like, no. I'm like, what? What What happened? And they're like, he missed it. I'm like, oh, well, that's awkward. Yeah. All right, Danny. Let's do our giant factor of the week. This is our X factor, but we call it giant factor because we cover the Giants. I hope to get to a point where I don't have to explain that before every time. But nonetheless, Danny, who is your giant factor for week three? Sterling Shepard, mainly because he needs to be out there helping Daniel Jones. He was not out there last week. While we did a struggle at receiver, I mean, Betty Fowler has a hamstring, so I'm not expecting him to play. No Cody Latimer because of the concussion. So Sterling Shepard needs to go out there and be a playmaker. Uh, I believe Daniel Jones will throw him the ball plenty of times, give him tons of opportunities. It's going to be a Saquon, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard type game. And I need Sterling Shepard to be a factor for uh, Daniel Jones to just help him out there because he's a rookie. He's going to need help. And I believe Sterling Shepard is the guy that will provide a, a good cushion for Daniel Jones. Yeah, he's going to be big. Uh, if he can win those one-on-one matchups, which he should against these Tampa corners, it could be a big game, especially especially when they bl- when they blitz. I, I expect Sterling Shepard to be Daniel Jones' number one target. So watch out for that. My giant factor is going to be a man who knows the Arizona system, Antoine Bethea. Bethea, you have not played good in these first two weeks, especially week one. Like I said before, they're going to try and establish the run, and then they're going to try and go deep. They're going to try and lull us to sleep and then go deep. That rhymes. Bethea, you got to be more than okay. Okay, I'll stop trying to make rhymes. When they do that, 
we're going to have Peppers on the tight end, and we're going to have B- Baker and Janoris Jenkins on the wide receivers. They have, those are three good playmakers. I understand O.J. Howard hasn't had the production, but he's a good talent. Bethea, do not get sucked up into the play action and know where to go when they do that. When they're when you're blitzing and you're running that single safety high, it's on you. Bethea has to go out there and be a playmaker. We can't have him do it, uh, have a, a three bad games in a row. Uh, if he does, then you might as well throw in love in there and, and let's see what he can do. Antoine Bethea has to be big for us. Uh, stop worrying about the run game. We stop the run game. Stop worrying about the run game. They're not, you know, they're not going to run for 200 yards. They are going to try and torch us in the pass game. Be a playmaker. Know where to go. Be comfortable. Play like yourself. You're not old. You're not old and washed. You've had a bad couple games, but I have faith in you, Antoine Bethea. Antoine Bethea is my giant factor for week three. I'm with you. The Giants going for eight. You're basically out of the playoffs at that point. There's like, I don't know the odds, but it's like something crazy low to make the playoffs. So, hey, Houston yeah. did it. Well, yeah, that's Houston. Did but, you see uh, Trey Wingo saying what every like crazy Giants fan says? What? He was he was like, um, the Giants are losing their mind benching Eli. Their team that remember when the Patriots were dominant and the Giants started off zero and two and they won a Super Bowl. It's like Trey Wingo. We start off zero and two every single year. We can't stop playing, <laughs> start playing that card. Like you know, I like to say it as a joke, but like. We can't just say, oh, well, we, we won a Super Bowl once going 0-2, so we got to keep Eli Manning. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is what it is. It's gonna, this is going to be a weird game. Remember this game. If you have kids, bring them in. They're, even if they don't like football, they might end up liking football. I didn't like football when I was in you know third grade. Bring, these, bring them in. Say, watch this. This is Daniel Jones. This is his first start. Eli's been the QB for the last 15 years. One day you're going to remember this. When we do – when Daniel Jones gets benched for in 15 years for Eli's <laughs> Eli's son, we do when we do our our show and we say, "What's your favorite Daniel Jones memory?" This this will be on there. So try and remember this game. Soak it in, even if we struggle. Soak this game in. Watch for Daniel Jones to do good things. Don't freak out if there's struggles. But I, I expect them to have a good game. Uh, and I'm excited. I, I expect the Giants to get out and get a win. And my oath was finally lifted my oath of as long as Tom Coughlin was a head coach or Eli Manning was the starting QB, I would always pick the Giants to win. So I don't have to pick the Giants to win anymore. Wrong. As long as Daniel Jones is the starting quarterback of the New York Giants, I will always pick them to win. So I'm picking the Giants to win. I'll pick the Giants to win as long as Daniel Jones is starting the game. Uh, But on a serious note, uh, Daniel Jones, go out there, make some plays. Don't be afraid. Listen, that's what we like about him is he, he's, he's not worried about his stats. He's not worried about making mistakes. Um, and I say that in a good way, not like, ah, he just loves mistakes. But he's got the mental makeup. He's got the accuracy. He's got the O-line. I'm ready to go, man. This, the Daniel Jones' era is starting, and it's pretty damn exciting. We love you, Eli, but this is time. This is time. We're going to remember this game no matter what happens going forward. So just enjoy it and Let's get a win. Any last words, Danny? I mean, no. I was at Eli Manning's last start, and I'll be on my couch watching Daniel Jones' first start. This is history in the making. Uh, I, As I'm with you, I'm expecting them to go out there and get a win. Uh, will he struggle? Probably. But I believe he'll settle down and he'll go Man, out there. And no just... struggles, baby. <laughs> I mean, I believe he'll go out there and prove everyone wrong. I mean, he already did that. Look, his jersey sales shot up 500%. 
since being named the starter. I'm still waiting for my jersey to come, and so I'm stuck with Saquon because I don't want to wear Eli this week because I'll feel weird. So I can't wait. You can wear Eli in remembrance. I mean, yeah, I could, but I mean, like, I I want my Daniel Jones jersey now. But hey, I got to complain to NFL shop. I got two day free shipping. Well, I didn't even complain. I just said, when's my jersey coming? They're like, ah, ship is September 27th. So I got two day shipping. That's fun. But no, Daniel Jones, go out there, dominate. Be just be you. We know you can take the hits. We know you can make the throws. Just go out there, prove everyone wrong, and uh, just get us back into the just win one game, and then we'll go sixteen and zero because it's a new season. Because it's not the same quarterback. Because that's how that works, right? O and O, baby. O and O. Let's be one and O this week. Enjoy this, folks. Let's have ourselves a game, and let's go big blue. <laughs>